episode of Video Game, The Movie, The Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Maxie. And this month, the month of July, we watch Street Fighter, The Movie. Uh, um, as far as, like, preamble goes, let's see. Um, the only bit of movie news, video game movie news I'm really aware of is there is going to be a set of prequel comics by IDW for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I think it's the, the what they usually do with many series, which is just like four issues focused on the characters. Makes sense. Uh, see, other than that, uh, how has your July been? Uh, it's been pretty alright. Uh, wasn't too hot because we've been getting a lot of rain mm-hmm. in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, been seeing my girlfriends, been seeing my friends. I uh, got Bravely Default last week. Uh, well, I've had Bravely Default 2 lying around for a while, but I finally got around to actually playing it. Oh, nice. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. I- I'm on Chapter 3 right now, and like, Story-wise, it's not as good as the chapters that preceded it, but it's still a fun game, and I'm still uh, enjoying where it's headed. Right. Uh, let me think. So, let's see. Things have been all right. Uh, the weather uh, here has been cool for the last while or so. Uh, right now, it, there was a storm today, and while it's not that hot, it is kind of humid, which sucks. Mm. Uh there's, let's see, let's see, uh, for game stuff, I did write out a thing f- just to, like, make sure I beat certain games by certain times, which is to say, beat the game that, that sequel is coming out before the sequel comes out. Uh, uh, I beat Psychonauts. I, I, I played it before, but I never finished it, so I did that. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's 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 a neat game. I I think there there's a lot of flaws in it, but I'm mostly willing to forgive those misgivings because it was made in 2005 for the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, um, uh, let's see, Destiny Two, still playing that. Uh, my friend sent me a Metopia for my birthday early. Mm-hmm. Uh. I got really into it when the demo was going, and I plan to uh, get more into it now that I actually have the game. Uh, uh, I got nothing else to say, so let's get into this. Uh, so, Street Fighter the movie, or just Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you say something? Oh, I just said mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay worried uh my connection was being oh weird. no 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 you're fine all right cool cool so uh some notes on the movie is like production and stuff uh oh god where okay uh so it's 1994 the mario movie came out last year capcom wants to make a street fighter movie uh uh they Worked out a budget of 35 million U.S. dollars, 10 billion yen. Uh, they had a lot of oversight. Uh, most of the budget, uh, 
so they got most of the oversight. Uh, there was a very strict release date of December 1994. Now, I don't know when filming started, but from what I can gather, it was a very close date. Uh, the director and screenplay writer was Stephen E. D'Souza. And uh-huh. uh, he basically wrote the first draft overnight because there was a very limited time frame in which he could get into contact with someone in Capcom to, like, approve it. Uh, uh, he tried to make it less directly related to uh, Street Fighter because he thought one of the flaws was that the Mario movie was too referential. Uh, oh, sorry. He thought the Mario movie was too similar to the source material. That's that's what I read. Uh, that explains a hell of a lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He wanted it to be like Star Wars, James Bond, war movies, and so on and oh, so forth. Oh, God. Oh, uh, God. Uh, uh, I hate that this all makes sense. Uh, the casting was kind of a problem because Capcom knew from the beginning they had to get Jean-Claude Van Damme to play the role of Guile. This was non-negotiable. This also meant they have to spend $8 million of their $35 million budget on hiring John Van- Jean-Claude Van Damme in the height of his career. Uh, uh, then they had... They decided to hire Raul Julia to play M. Bison. Uh, some notes on Raul Julia. He had, he had like, he's, he was, uh, in theater, film, played quite a bit of Shakespeare from what I can see in, in his IMDb. Uh, and at the time, he would probably have been quite noted for playing the role of Gomez Adams and the Adams Family and the Adams Family Values. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Very good performance, from what mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. Uh, he agreed to do the role because his kids were fans of the games. But, unfortunately, during the film production, he was diagnosed with stomach cancer and would pass away in October. Uh, which put a lot of strain on him and the film, and this would be the very last movie he would ever work on. Uh... Uh, with, uh, af- between Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia, there wasn't a lot of budget left on casting, so they mostly went for just smaller actors, uh, ones who hadn't really developed their careers, though, from what I can gather, quite a few would go on to develop careers. Yeah, that's uh, actually something that surprised me. I was looking at the IMDB page for this movie mm-hmm. a lot, just out of interest, mm-hmm. and, like, a lot of them went on to have pretty decent or even, like, very surprisingly successful careers. Like, none yeah. of them are what I'd call an A-lister or anything, but no. um, in particular, I the ones that uh, I found notable were Byron Mann, uh, who played Ryu. Mm-hmm. He's worked on quite a decent amount of stuff, including uh, Netflix original series just a couple years back. Pretty decent one, too. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Ming-Na Wen, who ended up playing Mulan for Disney, which I think happened, like, four years afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, 
that alone, she's going to be cashing checks forever. Yeah. Um, and honestly, good for her. But mm-hmm. Both of them did very solid work in this movie. And that's something that, as much as I disliked it, I will give it. I think a large portion of the cast is really putting in the work and doing the best they can yeah. with the material they were given. Unfortunately... Jean-Claude Van Damme is not. No, he is not. He is doing... He's phoning it in. He's not doing a very good job. He's... He... It's... It really takes a... I just keep thinking... I kept thinking throughout the movie that... They paid eight million. this man $8 million to be this in this role. As opposed to everyone else who they paid... At the very least, comparatively less... And he's uh, the worst part of the film. Like, mm-hmm. every time he is in a scene, he's just sucking all the joy out of it. Yeah. Uh. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh. Fuck, I forgot what I wanted to note. Um. Oh, one last thing I wanted to note. Yeah, I remember now. Uh, Kenya Sawada, who plays the role of Captain Sawada, uh, was, uh, brought on as part of, like, a contract Capcom had with him. They, I guess they were going to, like, try to put him in various uh, film things. Maybe commercials, maybe TV series, maybe other movies. Uh, I I don't think that ever happened, but from what I can put together, he did do a bunch of stuff uh, with uh, various... Uh... Wait, yeah. It, all of the stuff, all the stuff he's done since has just been... Not in English, so, uh, there's, like, Ip Man... Since uh, and before. Like, this was his only English-language role, as far as Mm -hmm. I can tell. And... God bless him. Like, I'm sure he is a fine actor in the other films he's been in, but... So there's there's kind of two problems with the role that Kenya Sawada is playing. One is that I don't think he was used to acting in English and the director was not able to compensate for that. And two is that he's not given any material to work with. Yeah. He's in like two scenes. Every every time he's on screen, it's just like, why are you here? And the answer is like contractual obligation, but they could have given him something. I feel like, and they simply did not. Uh, let's see, uh, other stuff about production, um, let me see here, uh, in, oh, uh, the film was filmed mostly in Queensland, Australia, uh, there were some exterior scenes filmed in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, but pretty much any ex, given, like, if you ever see, like, bison's, like, Layer from the outside. That's in Bangkok. Everything else is Australia. Uh, there were plants to use helicopters in the scene where, like, the uh, UN guys go to Bison's hideout, but they decided against it because of political instability in Myanmar. Uh, also, uh, the... Let's see. Let me look. make sure I get the name right. Uh... Let's see. Here it is. Uh, the Australian Actors Guild 
required them to cast one Australian actor in their film. So they got Kylie Minogue to play Cammy. That's why she's in this? Yeah. She was also the last one they picked. Uh, they, they just needed an Australian. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh. Uh, the, there are... The initial cut of the film got an R rating, uh, but Capcom wanted it to be PG-13. So they did a bunch of cuts, which lowered it to a G rating, but they needed it to be PG-13, so they added in a swear to bump it up to PG-13. Uh, Holy uh, shit! Oh my fucking god. Uh, let's see. Oh, there, one of the problems with the film was, like, uh, when it came to, like, training for fight scenes and stuff, uh, due to, like, time constraints and whatnot, uh, many actors would be trained just before their scenes, sometimes hours ahead. Uh, and there was, all, in the original cut, before the, before, uh, Raul Julia died, they were, there was a post-credit scene where Bison was gonna, like, come back and it would be, like, revealed he was gonna be in the sequel, but then Raul Julia died and they cut it out. Uh, see. Uh, on the opening weekend, it grossed $9.5 million, which is better than Mario because it was the, it was number three that opening weekend behind Dumb and Dumber and the Santa Claus, which I think just tells you what how that weekend was doing in December of 1994. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, although not a failure financially speaking, it met a lot of negative critical reception. Uh, it holds a 13% rating on Rotten Tomatoes uh, and is considered among the worst video game movies of all time. Uh that's also, good, because it means we mostly go up from here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also worth noting there were two games that were based on this movie, uh, colloquially only known as Street Fighter the Movie the Game. Uh, there was one released for arcades, and one released for home consoles, specifically the Sega Saturn and the PS1. Uh, these were sort of like Mortal Kombat style, where they would like Photograph mocap stuff. Uh, just like take photographs of the actors for all the sprites. Uh, that's. Oh, and let's see. In 2009, there was a non canonical spin off film of this called Street Fighter The Legend of Chun Li. And in 2014, there was a British TV series focused on Ryu and Ken called Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that's all I got a note for preamble. So, uh, why don't we discuss this movie? Uh, this is... I think I already said as much, but this is maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> it is... Th there are bits that work, mm -hmm. but the parts that don't are just so exhausting. That yeah. Like, I don't... Yeah, I... We're, we're gonna get into it, but so much of it is all 
Jean-Claude Van Damme and everything that is built around him. It's not just the performance, it's what they did with Guile as a character and how yeah. they framed the entire plot line. Mm-hmm. I, I think we should just... We'll get into the story and I'll explain it sort of on the way. Yeah. The We start with a series of nudes broadcasts basically explaining the present. Uh, Shadaloo, which in the source material is the terrorist organization run by bison here it's sort of a city state um where bison is headquartered uh and recently he has kidnapped a about 60 un relief workers sorry an relief workers they're the allied nations in this but -hmm. it's clear that they are a stand-in for the un Mm -hmm. apparently bison's forces have been pushed out of shadowloo proper but they are currently holstered up in a secret base uh and People don't know where that is. Chun Li shows up as a reporter, which we will get into in a second. They've made some changes. I just want to touch on that and move on. Uh, apparently, Bison's forces have also managed to capture some of the attacking soldiers, uh, including Guile's friend, Charlie. Char- uh, His name is is Carlos Charlie Blanca. Uh, we will get to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, B- Bison immediately does some cool shit by just challenging a couple of the captured soldiers to fight him, and as soon as they attack, he just grabs them and snaps their necks. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on, there's like a motorcycle. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme shows up as Colonel William Guile. He starts mugging for the camera and shit. Basically baiting Bison until he hijacks the news broadcast. We go into the van, and we see Chun-Li's, uh, fucking... Actually, no, sorry, cut that bit out. We also see that Chun-Li's cameraman is Balrog, the boxer, and uh, DJ, the capoeira guy from Jamaica, is working for Bison as a tech specialist. And I, th- I think we've touched on it enough for me to really get into it. This movie made a lot of weird changes. And I think it stands in contrast to Super Mario Brothers. Because yeah. obviously, that movie made a huge amount of changes. But there's two differences there. First off, I think they were all in the service of a clear artistic vision. For all that movie's flaws, it basically knew what it was. There was some weird shit with the tone, there were rewrites, there were production issues, but at the end of the day, everybody understood this is some weird cyberpunk film drawing setting elements and characters from Mario. Right. And the other thing is, all the characters in that maintained similar roles and relationships to each other. Mario and Luigi are still a family, they still work together, Bowser is still the main bad guy. Even if it's Princess Daisy instead of Princess Peach, she's still serving as sort of an object of the plot. They're trying to rescue her from Bowser, etc., etc. All these changes have been made, but they don't change the sort of overarching structure of what's going on. (laughs) In Street Fighter, they... It feels like they're just making changes for the hell of it. Like, there's no real reason to make Balrog a good guy and DJ a villain. There's no real reason 
to decide that Chun-Li is a reporter instead of an Interpol agent. There's no real reason to make Ryu and Ken, like, con men. That one I do think works, so I'm willing to cut that one a bit of slack, but it's just another one of those things. And Mm -hmm. it's just pretty much every character. Like you said, for whatever reason, they decided that Charlie should also be Blanca, or Blanca, and the weirdest one, which he has not even shown up yet, he won't show up for a bit, is they decided to make Dalsim a scientist that was kidnapped by Bison and forced to work for him, and, like, I don't think that's a bad character concept, but at that point, like, why even call him Dalsim? He's just some guy, you know? You know... This is this is very tangential, but a couple months back, I watched in a stream a whole bunch of like uh, gaming in the Clinton years, uh, and it's it's very funny hearing George Woods takes on Street Fighter because he very much seems to think that the movie is the source material. Like one of his complaints is that Dalsum looks nothing like he does in the movie. Uh, but anyways, uh. I mean, it's true, he doesn't. Yeah, uh... So... Uh... Ah, uh, fuck, I, I... I just lost my train of thought, but, um... There... There are some... Um... Uh... During... Oh, right, uh, the editor for Chun-Li's camera crew is, uh... E. Honda, who is mm-hmm. also now Hawaiian. He's still a sumo wrestler, he's just Hawaiian now. Uh, yeah, that, like, again, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. It just feels really arbitrary, and part of me is like, maybe they just couldn't find a Japanese guy who fit the build, so they were like, fuck it, there's like a, a there's a Hawaiian guy, we can just say he's a Pacific Islander who does sumo. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Uh... Let's see, uh, yeah, uh, so, uh, we, uh, Bison, having discovered the identity of, uh, Carlos Charlie Blanca, decides he, and from what I can tell, he's the last surviving troop, like, all the other ones are dead, uh, yeah, there's just, there's just this pile, like, a dozen bodies with their necks snapped. Oh, oh, I also want to mention... Uh, I forgot, we forgot to leave, we left out this detail, but all the hostages are being put, put in, like, this big pit that is specifically named and marked off as the hostage pit. It's uh, really good. <laughs> it's, where, it's where the hostages go. Yeah. Uh, uh, they take away, uh, Blanca, and, uh... He's being sent to, like, a laboratory to be experimented on. Yeah. Uh, uh, it turns out that, like, Guile was deliberately trying to get Bison's goat so that he would jam the airwaves and they could trace a signal, but that didn't really work out, so Guile, ta- like, gets pissed off at Chun-Li, and then... Yeah. It, hey, there's this really weird part where Cammy, like, Oh, this part. Oh, no, he, he doesn't hate women, he hates journalists, which, can I just say, mm-hmm. as someone who's just been introduced to Colonel William Guile... I think it's extremely charming when an American officer operating in Southeast Asia hates journalists. 
Mm-hmm. That just mm-hmm. What's the opposite of a red flag? Like a like a blue flag? Nothing but blue flags here. Right. Because uh, the Allied Nations are blue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just... Honestly, I just thought of, like... The... Like, how... Like, certain, like, edgy people will, like, say they're equal opportunity offenders or whatever. Uh, so... Oh, uh, there was something else I want to know. Uh... During, like, their conversation, Bison establishes that uh, they have three days to deliver $20 billion to him so in exchange for the hostages. So we have this timer going throughout the movie. Uh, we cut to Ryu and Ken. Uh, I just want to note, throughout this movie, they pronounce it as Ryu. I don't want to do that. That sounds, that's bad. I hate it. Uh, I'm calling him Ryu. They, uh, they do call him Ryu, except near the end, Jean-Claude Van Damme is, like, the only person who calls him Ryu, <laughs> which is really funny to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Ryu and Ken, they're in this underground fighting ring, and they're making a weapons deal. Uh, uh, with in Sagat, the, yeah. Yeah, with Sagat. Uh, uh, Sagat's, like, a crime lord. Uh, in the fighting pit is, like, some rando and Vega. Uh, uh, and during, like, this whole bit, we get, we get the establishing thing that there's a 7 p.m. curfew. Anyone who is caught outside past this curfew is shot on sight. Uh, uh, Ryu and Ken make a, uh, arm steal. They're trying to, uh, sell a bunch of weapons for a whole bunch of money. Uh, yeah, but Sagat reveals that his subordinates have already found and retrieved the guns, and he does this whole setup where they're going to execute Ryu and Ken, uh, and it turns out they're just harmless toys, and they get a bunch of tennis balls shot at them. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, a fight scene from here, which mm-hmm. is actually pretty decent. There's some action, some comedy. The set design... The set design of this movie isn't always fantastic, but I do think that in the fight scenes, they generally did a pretty good job, like, yeah. putting together sets and choreography where some shit can happen. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, the editing team sucks, and yeah. they're just constantly doing too many cuts. I can almost never follow what's going on, really, and that's a shame, because there's, like, four fight scenes that are worth a damn in the entire movie. Right, uh... Like, I am thinking about how they had, like, a strict release date, so I... And I imagine they really didn't... They were really just rushing to uh, get it put together. Uh, uh, so... Uh, we cut to the lab that uh, Blanca got sent to, and we meet Dalsum, the scientist. Uh, He's got chains around his neck and wrists... Let, I guess in an attempt to uh, mimic the way Dalsum has, like, chains on him in the games. Uh, and he's being forced to perform evil science for Bison. Uh, Blanca is in a pod, and he's being forced to watch what I can only describe as Acts of Violence 12 Hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a reverse <laughs> version of the... Clockwork Orange thing. They're just yeah. showing him war crimes to, like, melt his brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just 
War Crimes Compilation 12 Hours. Uh, and, and, and meanwhile, they're, like, pumping him full of mutagens to increase his muscle mass. Yeah. Uh, they, they come in with, like, these IV bags labeled DNA mutagen and anabolic plasma. Uh, uh, and, uh... Hey, what the hell do I gotta do to get kidnapped by M. Bison, am I right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they don't tell you this, but when... But, uh... They don't tell you this, but this is actually what happens when you go on HRT. Uh, so, anyways, uh, we get a fight scene. Uh, well, not a fight scene. We get a build-up to a fight scene with Ryu and Vega. Uh, mm. Like, people are making it, bets. It, does, it uses... Yeah, it uses Habanera as his, like, walk-on music, which I love for him. Like, that's, mm. that's a very... Because he's Spanish, but also because I think just the tone fits his whole, like... Yeah. Pretty boy whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. Pretty boy fighter. Uh, there's like a bit where he dramatically takes off his mask. Uh, Ryu tears off his shirt. Uh, and then we just cut to one of the women in the audience handing over her I heart Vega sign to another person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also want to mention here, one of the things I do like in this movie is the Ryu and Ken friendship. I think yeah. they have decent chemistry and... Even with the changes they've made to their characters, I think they vibe really well. Yeah. Like, like I said, I I still don't really get why they made these changes, but I think they kind of work mm-hmm. surprisingly well. Right. Uh, yeah. But, you know what happens just as the fight is about to get underway? Oh, boy. Uh, you know who doesn't like fights? Who doesn't want to see a cool fight between two strong, handsome men? It's mm-hmm. Colonel Guile and his APCs. Yeah, uh, he just busts through, uh, <laughs> puts everybody under arrest, I guess, for either the underground fighting ring or violating curfew, uh, destroys a perfectly good chance for an interesting scene, which... Just, <laughs> this is just a metaphor for the whole fucking movie. Yeah, this is the point where I start to dislike Guile more Same. than just bad... Like, like, it's not just that he's an unpleasant character anymore. I now start to dislike him on a metatextual level. Because mm-hmm. he is personally preventing us from seeing cool martial arts shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, I guess we cut to the next morning. Uh, Giles having a meeting with some uh, various uh, UN people serving under him. Uh... And while he's, like, working this out, an assassin, disguised as a server, tries to kill Guile. Uh, uh, they, they're easily able to dispatch him, though, and they see there's a tattoo on him. It's, uh, it's the, uh, mandatory Shadaloo tattoo. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, one of the people they captured, Sagat, also has that tattoo, as we see him in the... The AN prison. Uh, the prison uniforms are, like, just, uh, drab, uh, light blue jumpsuits, and they all have big P's on them for prisoner. Uh. Uh. So. Uh. Like, guy Er. Eh. Uh, Guy's like, thinking of, we need an in. We need a way to get into that base. And... He sees that uh, Vega has gotten into a fist fight with Ryu and Ken. 
uh, I guess, finishing up what they started uh, last night. Uh, and he gets an idea. He wants to recruit Ryu and Ken, and they leave it a little vague until they get a full reveal, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll reveal it as we go on. Um, we cut to uh, Blanca, who's just yelling uh, as he's getting buff. Uh, and we cut back to the refugee center. Uh, and Guile walks Ryo and Ken to the refugee center, shows them how bad things are and how he sh they should work for him. Uh, and, uh, we then, we... then we cut back from there to the AN prison. He's loading a bunch of people onto a transport truck. Mm-hmm. Send them somewhere, I don't know. Yeah, I including... assume... From what I can tell, they're being sent overseas. They talk about, like, oceans and stuff. Yeah, uh, Sagat is one of them. Uh, and th here's a great exchange. You know what I love most about Colonel William Guile? He always has he always has the best quips for the situation. Oh, boy. Uh, Sagat says, this isn't over, Guile. I own this city. And then uh, All-American uh, All icon William Guile says... Well, I'm the Reaper Man, and you're out of business. Mm-hmm. Uh. I hate Kyle so much! He sucks so bad! Like, he's... This is, this is just a writing... Like, what, what are you fucking talking about? You're the Reaper Man. That has nothing to do with what he said. No, he's the Repo Man. Like, repossessions. Oh, the Repo? Yeah. Then just pick one or the other! You, you can't use both lines! Mm -hmm. Just uh, anyway, Ryu it is Ken... worth noting that oh, sorry, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme is speaking in a uh, French accent the whole time. He does uh, have I think it's technically Belgian. Oh, Belgian. Okay, uh, but yes, it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, they make their escape, or well, Ryu and Ken, Ryu and Ken decide to yeah. escape. They like they, they pick get into the locks. A fake fight uh, to like pick the keys off one of the guards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Sagat is all, "Hey, help me out here," and they're like, "Okay, sure." They all collaborate to hijack the transport truck and bust out. And on the way, they gun down good boy soldier <laughs> Colonel Guile. Oh no! Heartlessly leaving this great, passionate troop for dead. Uh, yeah. But Chun-Li is able to toss a tracking device onto the truck as it drives mm -hmm. away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, we cut to uh, Bison back on his hideout. Uh, I kind of love how he's acting in this scene. He is just completely hamming it up, full of himself. Just wonder wonderful direction. Uh, he's working out the uh, plans for... His new capital city, Bisonopolis. Uh, he's like got this whole model city in like multiple parts. Uh, like, w like one of the buildings is shaped like the Shadowloo logo. Uh, he like tells one of the guys, "I need you to make the food court larger. All of the big brands are gonna want to be in this city." Uh, and uh, so this whole time he's just talking about. How about, like, his dreams of taking over the world? Uh, uh, it's, it's really fun. Uh, 
we talk, he uh, talks about his admirable goals as an enlightened tyrant, bringing peace to the world. Uh, also, mm. he overhears uh, Chun Li's broadcast announcing Guile's very real and definite death at the hands mm-hmm. of Sagat. Uh, and DJ also really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's he basically serves as uh, Bison's number one guy for a lot of this, and mm-hmm. he simply does not. He's totally checked out and very stoic in a way that does not match up with M Bison's like grandiosity, which is fun. Yeah, uh, he, he's talking about how he's like mourning the death of his greatest enemy, and DJ's just like, all right. Yeah, yeah. He's like, okay. Uh, he's like, um. So yeah. Uh, he talks about he uses the phrase "Pax by Sonica" to refer to his uh, conquered world. Uh, uh, and uh, we cut to uh, Chun Li with her news crew tracking the device. Uh, and they realize there's interference because someone else put a tracking device on it. They trace that back, and uh, there it's in the AN uh, buildings. So Chun Li wants to know what's up. She gets into a cat suit. Uh, she she wears like this weird mask that doesn't cover her face for some yeah. reason. Yeah, uh, it's just like a little hood. Uh. She, like, climbs out of the van. She sneaks around the AN base. Uh, she does take her hood off, with allowing for even more identifiability. Uh, I'll say, shit Street Fighter movie, almost an okay G.I. Joe movie by this point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think to myself, man, a fun adventure movie would be good. I wish this they didn't, like, have to warp... A pre-existing property to do it. Uh, uh, she goes into a morgue because that's where the signal's coming from. Uh, and she discovers that tactical genius and espionage mastermind <laughs> William Guile faked his death. Mm-hmm. The, the plan, it turns out, is basically to use Ryu and Ken as plants on Guile's behalf. Uh... This is also where Chun-Li explains her character motivation, which is yeah. that she wants to get it even with Bison for killing her dad. Uh, William Guile is all unsympathetic. He says, verbatim, verbatim, he says, this war is not about your personal vendetta. And then as soon as she's out of earshot, it's about mine. And like, cool dude. <laughs> you cool. knew this guy for like a week. Hey, How know, long have you, you been know, here? You know what is my favorite thing? In uh, movies, it's how whenever we touch on like the subject of vengeance and double standards, the message is always, "Yeah, dude, that shit fucking rules." Mm-hmm. You know, you you remember the part in Star Wars where like mm-hmm. Luke was all, "No, I can't, ki- I can't kill you. You're my father." And then Leia shows up and she's like, "Fuck you! I'll kill the hell out of him and just blasts him." Pew, boom, boom. Yeah, I love that scene. Um. Kicks ass. Yeah. This uh, is also the part in the movie where I just straight up had to pause it and, like, walk away for an hour. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, it's... Somebody, like, somebody wrote that, and they were like, yeah, put that in the movie. Mm-hmm. We got... We gotta show how cool Guile is. Um, uh, uh, so... 
Uh, let's see. I'm, yeah, so Chun-Li gets away eventually. Uh. Yeah, and I guess Guile is horny for her now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. We cut to that night. Uh, Bison has gathered what I can only describe as a warlord carnival. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, one row has somebody selling a surplus bomber jet, and the next row has fucking strongman competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think this is, like, the Thieves' Market. They mentioned it briefly earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, Chun-Li, Honda, and Balrog are there. They're undercover as performers with this act that involves, like, throwing a barrel with Capcom on the lid to Honda while he's lying down, and then Balrog cuts it with a sword. Yeah. I don't fucking know, Like, man. I think, like, the point is, like, Chun-Li's hiding in the barrel, but... What? They break it open. She's not there. Uh, so... Uh, Chun-Li, like, lures Ken away. Uh, and we get, like, Sagat and Bison working out a deal. Uh, Sagat's providing Bison with firearms. Uh, Bison initial offer is to, like, give him a leadership position in, I guess, either Shadaloo or Bisonopolis mm-hmm. instead of a cash payment. Uh, but Sagat doesn't want that. He wants money. So, Bison provides his money. And it's all in Bison dollars. They it's are... worth five British pounds <laughs> once he's kidnapped their queen. <laughs> I, like... There are certain memes that have grown over the years, and I understand why Bison Dollars is one of them. I fucking love that he just... I, I, the way I imagine is it is, like, the Bison Dollar is... The only bill is the one with his face on it. Uh, and they're all worth five bucks... Or, I guess, five British pounds. Uh, uh, and it's... It, but, like, right now, it's completely worthless. Because yeah, he hasn't kidnapped the queen yet, uh, he'll do it eventually. What I want to see, what I want to see, is the bison mint, where there's mm-hmm. just a bunch, of, just, just just a bunch of guys making these dollars. And yeah, just a big paper mill, uh, and they have to like make sure it looks perfect, perfect rendering of bison's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he does different poses for each denomination. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh. While, so, like, Sagat turns this down, and while they've been working out this deal, we get another scene where, uh, like, Ryu and Ken are, like, tr- are, like, getting in a fight with, uh, Chun-Li and, uh, her news crew, but it's at this point they reveal they're on the same side, and, uh, like, their origins, uh, uh, E. Honda was a sumo champion. He almost became Yokozuna, but his reputation was destroyed by uh, the Shadaloo Tong, as they put it. Which yeah, I, it's, it's like the gang that Sagat yeah, runs. Yeah. A, a, uh, and the same thing happened for Balrog's boxing career. Hey, why? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, <laughs> were they just were they just having a laugh? Like Sagat, I don't like the look of that guy. <laughs> Ru- I... Ruin his life. Mm-hmm. Maybe he, like, rigged some competition or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Uh, uh, so, uh, 
like, as they're, they work out this plan to, uh, defeat Bison, uh, by, uh, I guess they're trying to get Ryu and Ken to lure, uh, Sagat and Bison over to, uh, this cabinet. Uh, this is, like, right before they have a shootout. Um, uh, this cabinet has, uh, a bomb in it, or not a bomb, a video and a timer. Yeah, and, and like, they're, they're sending a truck full of explosives to the arms stockpile. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a good goof here. I think one of the, one of the famous ones where they're just watching this broadcast of the truck rolling towards its destination, and Zangaev just says to change the channel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... Zangaev in this, pretty good. Yeah. He's... He's just, he's just... He's this very well-meaning, very stupid man. Yeah, he's big, he's dumb, he's well-meaning. Uh, Is it... Zangaev a himbo? The shortest thread in the history of forums, one page, <laughs> immediately locked, because everybody knows the answer. Yeah, it's yes. Uh, so... <laughs> uh, like, the truck... The truck, uh, blows up the tent, but, uh, uh, Bison, Sagat, and some other people get away. Uh, mm -hmm. and Chun-Li uh, and her crew are captured. Yeah. Uh. Twelve hours remain until Bison's deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Allied Nations have been able to locate his base, because Ryu and Ken have brought the tracking device there. And bold strategist and world's bravest soldier William Guile explains that an aerial attack is impossible and proposes an amphibious attack backed by a decoy fort. Yeah. I have a question for you. How much time do you think we waste on seeing cool boats instead of actual martial arts in this fucking movie? Well, the answer's obvious. It's too much. Um, Make, make sure they get it from every angle. We want to be able to sell the toys. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see, uh, what else? Oh, yeah, uh, like, uh, when, like, uh, they've been captured, uh, uh, Bison says that, uh, uh, let's see, Balrog and Honda have to go get tortured, Ryu and Ken, because they, they, uh, showed the thing, are considered honored guests for warning him. And, uh, Sagat just gotta work out some more, like, deals with him. Yeah, and uh, Chun-Li is going to give him a private interview. Right. Uh. So, so let, let, let's talk about the torture scene in this. Oh, right, the torture scene. What the fuck? Uh, it's played for laughs. It what, is. It, like, 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 Honda gets caned, but all the cane breaking on him? Yeah, it's like... They, I, gu I guess because he's either really strong or because he's really fat? I, like, he just doesn't feel it. And, like, uh, when they, like, finish doing this bit, they, like, show his back, it's bleeding. And he explains that because he's a sumo wrestler and he's got training, he can, like, focus on stuff that isn't getting whipped. Uh, uh, yeah, it's really fucking weird. The... the I... More than anything, like, there's so much bad stuff in this movie, but more than anything, I want to lay the blame on either the editors or whoever was, like, pushing the editors to make certain decisions, because there's so much shit in this movie that just should have been cut out and replaced with something else, and I'm sure they filmed 
something else that was better than this, but... Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess you gotta explain where Balrog and Honda are, and, like, how they bust out of their cell, or whatever, yeah. but... Stupid. Yeah. Like, At the very a, least, they could have, like, made it a... They could have, like, made it not a weird comedy thing, at least just, like, made it a thing where they're, like, very resistant or something. Or, like, if you're going to make it a weird comedy thing, I feel like lean into it a little more. This mm-hmm. this movie doesn't this movie doesn't want to push anything enough. Like yeah, it's just like okay, that's kind of a joke. Uh, yeah, now, now it's I'll ju- mostly now I'll just, just punch Balrog for real. Yeah, and that's just I'll, and then I just leave, and then the scene's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryu and Ken are given their iconic outfits. Uh, With which... the fucking bison logo on them. This feels so gross. Like, <laughs> again, yeah. I know Super Mario Brothers made some decisions which were weird and some decisions that people don't like, but for all the time that Mario and Luigi aren't in their iconic outfits in that movie, mm-hmm. when they get them, it still feels like cool and triumphant, yeah. at least relative to the standards of that movie. And yeah. this one, it's like, okay, you can have your iconic outfits that everybody who has played these games and knows them knows, uh, but it's because the fucking dictator gave them to you. Like, okay. As a gift. Uh, cool. Why not? Yeah. Uh, also, like, it means that there's just a bunch of other people dressed like Ryu and Ken in this fucking scene. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, training, they're training uniforms for bison soldiers, and we see, like, this whole training room they walk through... There's, like, a big, like, mural of waves. Uh, There is a great propaganda piece Mm -hmm. of, like, this very evil-looking AN soldier. Uh, Let's see. Uh, But anyways, like, they get their outfits. Uh, uh, We cut to the AN troops, uh, all gathered. uh, And... They're, I guess they're here because a UN official has come in, and he has explained... Uh, this weasley little bureaucrat bastard. It's just one of those fucking government pencil pushers, am I right? Yeah, he, he Al- wants... Always, like, always restricting the military. The, yeah. the, the government never lets the military do enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is, hey, hey, we need to talk about this. Is this movie fascist? I don't think it's, like, fascist fascist, but at the same time, I feel like it's not not fascist. I think it's fascist in the way a lot of American military stuff is fascist, where, like, it's more, they want to talk about how cool and badass soldiers are, but don't want to really examine what they're doing or the effects of their actions or... Anything well, no, like no, the, that. The effects of their actions is that he's, he's going to be bison. He's going he's yeah. to be the... Yeah, be, I, I should read... Big Dick William Guile, saving the world. Yeah, I guess that's a bit more accurate. It's it's just trying to portray the military as cool heroes and not like what they actually are, which is uh, the brutal uh, force that uh, allows for, you know, oil interests, uh, uh, government control, and... Uh, doing war crimes and whatnot. Uh, if they do a war crime, it's probably just because they didn't look up the Geneva Convention. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's being, like, 
you can... They're like, we actually want to negotiate with them. and we, We're going to give them their money and they'll let the hostages go and this will all be over. Hey, hold on to that, by the way. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so like, Master Orator William Guile goes up and he he relays the orders to his men with this rousing speech about how everyone can go home. You'll, you'll be abandoning your ideals and the people of this nation and the world, but everyone can go home. Uh, but he's going to dis- disobey orders so that he can kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is gonna feel it. And all the troops stood up and clapped. Everyone in the GameStop is cheering. Uh, everyone watching this in the movie theater in 1994 has stood up from their theater seats and is saluting uh, Colonel Guile. They love him so much. He, he uh, starts doing the Opa Gangnam Style dance. Yeah, he he does uh, Opa Aeon Style. Oh, Opa Aeon Style. Uh, op, 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 style. And, uh, yeah, uh, they, they're all gonna go with him to, uh, go fight bison. Uh, uh, they've got their boats, uh, they've got extra backup inflatable boats, uh, and they boat away. Uh, we- Then, 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 we yes. get to- Scene. This scene, this scene, the scene that people remember. Uh, Chun-Li and Bison are in Bison's chambers. Uh, Bison's chambers include, uh, like, paintings of him. They're, like, classical paintings, but they're changed so that he's the subject. Uh, uh, he's got, like, a skull chandelier. I love the skull chandelier. This, uh, his little and, fuck palace rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he... Uh, Chun-Li explains to Bison her full origin. Uh, many, many years ago, uh, she lived in a village over the border of Shadaloo, and Bison would, like, do raiding parties, uh, or go on raiding, go on raids and stuff for supplies, uh, uh, resources, uh, people to work for him, uh, slaves, etc. And... Uh, her father was the village magistrate, and somehow, some way, he was able to lead all of the villagers of his uh, village into fending off Bison's forces. Like, like trained soldiers fought off with torches and pitchforks. Uh, but as Bison fled, uh, he shot her father twenty paces away or whatever, and escaped. Uh, Chun-Li remembers her father's death, and she has spent her whole life, to this day, finding an opportunity to uh, become strong enough, powerful enough, and re- resourceful enough to face Bison and defeat him once and for all. And Bison says he doesn't remember that happening. He, he explains, The day Bison graced your village... It was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. It's so good. Raul yeah. Julia sells it really well. Um, Ming-Na Wen is doing a pretty good job, too. Yeah. Like, this is a good fucking scene. Too good for this movie, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
And, uh, oh, it's also just a little detail. Uh, Chun-Li is now in, like, something more resembling her game outfit. It's red, but, uh, it, it looks like that. Uh, let's see, Ryu and Ken beat up the torture guy, and, uh, they get into a fight. Well, they get, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Restrained by Honda and Balrog, but they are able to explain they're on the same side, so they're gonna team up. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bison, while they're, like, talking, uh, explains that she, he, like, I don't think they straight up say it, but he seems to imply he's been watching her, her movements, and she doesn't believe she could fight him because throughout this whole movie, she hasn't gotten into a fight. She's mostly had Balrog and Honda do the fighting for her. Uh-huh. And, and, and it, her response to that, which mm-hmm. fucking rules... I love this. ...is to just... She just smiles at him, says that's what she wanted him to think, breaks her handcuffs apart, and launches a flying quick, a flying kick straight to his face, and she just starts beating the hell out of him. Yeah, I fucking and love this. And then, like... Every good fight scene in this entire goddamn movie, it gets deflated by some bullshit. Yeah. Because her own ally's coming in to help distract her, and Bison gets to escape! Whoa, yeah. Oh, that's so... Oh, the dramatic irony! Mm-hmm. He, like, gets behind a glass door and fills his, uh, fuck chamber with gas. Uh, the gas, uh, knocks everyone out. And, uh, we get, after, after that huge letdown, uh, we get even more of a letdown when we get to see Guile lead his men to the Shadaloo Fortress. But he's got a great idea. While, because while the main forces attack the front, he's gonna sneak into the back with his stealth boat. And with him are Cammy and T-Hawk, uh... And the stealth boat is supposed to be, like, reflecting light or something. It's, like, Predator stuff, but not as good. Uh, it, like, it took me a moment to realize it was even supposed to be disguised. Uh, and, uh, we, we cut over to Blanca, who now looks more or less like he does in the games. Uh, <laughs> with the exception of an incredibly bad orange wig. Yeah, yeah, he's got like, he looks like he's balding. Uh, here's the, here's the thing: they spent so much budget on Jean Claude Van Damme that when they got to the costume department, they were like, "All right, uh, we have one thousand dollars for various Bison soldier outfits, you know, Ryu and Ken suits, all the gi, and so on." Uh, we have $5,000 for M. Bison's outfit, which was designed by one specific person, uh, sort of a separate endeavor from the rest of the costume department. And, um, for Blanca, we have, like, uh, let me just rifle in my pocket. Uh, I got, like, three bucks and a nickel. Mm -hmm. You can do something with that. Yeah. Uh, Dollism, or Dalsum, uh, like, uh is is like he's like trying to do something uh 
There's like a guard here. He's he's not really paying attention. Uh, Dalsim switches the feed from uh, violence compilation 12 hours to good things compilation 12 hours. This and one so of them, <laughs> it's like, it's like all this peaceful imagery. One of them's fucking the I have a dream speech. It it's straight up <laughs> image marriage.avi, dolphin.avi, mlk.avi. <laughs> I should also be clear, it is just literally a cut of him saying I have a dream and nothing else. It's the uh, first half second of the I have a dream speech. <laughs> it fucking rules. <laughs> this is what... Uh, this is... <laughs> I, I want a 12-hour compilation on YouTube so I can fall asleep to this every night. <laughs> Dawson just like... Tap, taps on the keyboard and he's like nobody's looking I bet I can fit a live Undertale playthrough in here <laughs> Blanc you love the little skeleton man Blanca I know you do uh, there's like the I'm thinking of that meme that's like the dog is like I see bad thing or I see bad things online and it's the dog growling and then I see a meme it's good just smiling dog. <laughs> he just puts up a picture of that fucking mushroom, Wojak. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes, the mushroom, Wojak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <sighs> so, we... After that wonderful bit, uh, Guile and Cammy are on the boat. They're in, they are in stealth mode, and they decide... You know what would really help being in stealth mode? If we opened up the little compartment that has a minigun on it and started it's shooting at all the radars. God. It's so fucking good. And obviously DJ immediately pinpoints their location and yeah. Bison's forces jam their cloaking device. Hey, great news. Comedy genius William Guile is here with another immortal one-liner. Uh, this I... is the collection agency, Bison. Your ass is six months overdue. He really, really loves this. I, I'm sorry about this Guile voice, by the way. I I think I'm just sort of ending up doing a bad Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. But it, in it, fairness, Jean-Claude Van Damme is just a bad Schwarzenegger, so, you know. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, And, uh, yeah, uh, so, uh, other things to note. Uh, so, M. Bison decides he's going to deal with this. He gets on his big hover platform, which has a Street Fighter 2 gamepad or arcade display on it. It's literally like the two joysticks, the two sets of six buttons, and he's just mashing buttons on it to blow up mines. Uh, uh, they blow up the boat, but they, but Guile and his, uh, goons escape. Uh, uh, let's, um, uh, meanwhile, we cut back to, like, the guard, uh, with Dalsum. uh, he sees the 12 hours peace compilation, and they get into a fight, uh, but, uh, while they're fighting, Dalsum releases the switches, uh, holding in, uh, uh, Blanca, and he's gonna escape, uh, mm -hmm. I don't remember, did they, did he, like, dispatch the guy on screen, or is that off screen? I think he, like, starts beating up the guy on screen, at least. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Fucking Team Guile is at the above ground perimeter of the base. They yeah. fight some bison troopers. There's this bit where they like where Guile is rappelling down into the underground part. And there's mm-hmm. some banter. None of it is anything. It left yeah. no impression on me. There's oh, a spider. Yeah, there is one part they do mention like bison didn't get the didn't get the hostage money. Uh, Which it's, like, hey hey why didn't bison get the hostage money? They were gonna negotiate with him. What the fuck? What the fuck did they give him the hostage money? <laughs> did yeah I the only way I can imagine it I I just like I the UN guy before said like they wanted to like get an extension so they could like properly wire the money in time but the, I'm just imagining like. The way the UN guy imagined it, I'm imagining, like, he sends Guile in his cool boat, but this time it's not cloaked, and he has, like, a briefcase full of, like, $20 billion. That's how I imagine it would have happened, but it didn't. Uh, uh, so, what else? Uh, so, uh, uh, Bison, frustrated by the lack of, uh, the lack of money, uh, uh, decides he's going to have all of them killed, or he's gonna have all the hostages killed, and he, like, sets up, like, these, like, spike, this, like, spiked fence, uh, around the hostages, and they are going to be murdered by a beast of his own creation, mm-hmm. but... But Guile like, is busted into the laboratory by now. He's mm-hmm. gotten attacked by Blanca. Oh, uh, fuck! I forgot to note yeah. another fucking bad thing uh, Guile did, which was... Hey, no, he... we're gonna talk about it. So so he uses the power of friendship to calm Blanca down, uh, restore his clarity, and then... You go ahead. You go ahead and take this part. Yeah, Tell yeah. What William Guile, best friend in the whole wide world, does for Blanca. Well... Guile is nothing but uh, merciful and loving, and he firmly believes in the concept of euthanasia. So mm-hmm. he's pulling out a pistol and he's gonna point it at Blanca and just and shoot then, him in the head. And the only reason he doesn't is that Dalsim shows up and he's like, "Hey, dude, what the fuck? Maybe don't." Mm-hmm. He's he says you have no rights and like. Yeah, you don't, yeah. dude. He really doesn't. He doesn't have he's any just right. He's here. He's he's just a guy. He's just a he's just a big guy. I don't he's even. He's just fi- a funny big guy. Yeah. Um. So, Guile instead ends up riding the incubation chamber up instead of Blanca. Uh, when he gets out, he does this goofy-looking flying kick to Bison's chest. Uh, and then he quickly seals off the hostage chamber before they can be shot instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- this is where we get into, like, the the extended fight scene of the movie. The only one, really. Right. And I want to like this so bad. I wish I could like this, but it's just nothing but guns and grenades. And occasionally somebody punches, like, one guy. But so much of it is just fucking sharpshooter, one-man army Metal mm-hmm. soldier William Guile just shooting people and tossing grenades around and Cammy fucking blat 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 with a revolver. Right. It's it's nightmarish. They mm-hmm. could not have made this worse. Right. Uh, uh, there is a good bit where yeah. 
uh, Bison talks about how they might be defeated after all, but at least they can face it together with the stoicism of a true warrior. And DJ, meanwhile, is just like looking both ways and fucking running off. Mm hmm. Uh, uh, Miguel, Nun- uh, Miguel Nunez, very good at mugging for the camera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, let's see, other stuff. We're just like. Most of the rest of this movie is in fight mode uh, of some sort. Of one way or another. Um, like, Ken and Ryu are gonna escape, but uh, Ryu wants to stay here and fight while Ken just wants to leave. So they split ways. It, uh, uh, so... Oh, uh, like, I think around this point, like, Zangief and uh, Honda are, like, just getting into a big ol' wrestling match. Uh... Eventually, uh, like, Bison faces off against Guile. Sorry, Guile. And he says, I don't want... We're not going to use guns like cowards. We're going to fight with our fists like men. And, like, while they're doing this, like, all all of the troops on both sides are, like, gathered, pointing their guns. But, like, Guile is like, I agree. I also want to do this. And they they send off all the troops out of there. To go fight off screen. Uh, and they start punching each other. Uh, this is the closest this movie gets to a good fight scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. it. it is, it's well staged. The, the set, like I said earlier, a lot of fun things in this. Like, there's this huge bell overlooking the chamber. And Guy ends up slamming Bison's head into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like They're on this floating electromagnetic platform that uh, Bison tosses Guy down off of. Fight choreography is solid. Cinematography and editing are still shit. Yeah, yeah. But, but, Jean-Claude Van Damme does do a flash kick, so it's actually good. Okay. Uh, (laughs) yeah, uh, so, also, Ryu and Vega start fighting in, uh, the, the, like, training area. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vega puts his mask back on for this. Uh, DJ, uh, uh, DJ grabs a big treasure chest from, uh, what appears to be, like, a vault where all the valuables are stored. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ken gets there a second later and, like, just grabs a gold statue that looks nice. Then he realizes mm -hmm. that Ryu is being ambushed by Vega and Sagat. He runs off to hell. Yeah. Um, The the Ryu, Ken, and Vega Sagat sequence, also pretty good. Uh, the cinematography is a little better. The editing is, if nothing else, coherent. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all in that training center from earlier, so they do, you know, fun bits, like having them, like, punch the punching bags at each other. Yeah, there's, like, most... What I was drawn to is, like, this is when I noticed, like, the big mural, and I, and I thought of, like, the stage from Street Fighter 2 that takes place in a bathhouse. Uh, let's see. Uh, Let's see, what else is going on here? Um, uh, uh, Bison... For a little bit, it looks like Bison is dead. Yep. He's like... Colonel Guile has killed him, but then he has this automated life support system, which brings him back, Mm -hmm. and he reveals that he has electromagnetic gauntlets and boots, which allow him to shoot lightning and hover and shit. Yeah, he he does, like, all these flying, like, punches and kicks... Yeah, Superman I, I, I guess it's supposed to be, like, kind of a Psycho Crusher kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But as he's going to go in for the final blow, Guile manages to recover and launch one final kick. Just so powerful. It's in them flying back into the wall. Uh, everything's fucked now. Sparks are showering down. The electromagnetic superconductor system is beyond repair, so the base is going to explode. Everybody is trying to escape along with the hostages, except for Guile, who's going after Charlie. Yeah. Uh, Zangaya, earlier DJ and Zangaya were talking, and Zangaya was like, worried about like the forces of evil winning and then dj was like you you know our boss is the bad guy right uh and that's literally all it takes for zanga to be like oh fuck i gotta go save people yeah uh <laughs> good so that's guy pretty good uh um and then sagat and dj themselves es- like make it out through a secret escape room mm-hmm. uh so yeah uh eventually uh guile is, like, reuniting with Dalsum and, uh, Blanca. Dalsum is also now bald and shirtless. Uh, I don't know how he got bald, but whatever. Uh... He got some mutagen splashed on him. <laughs> yeah. It just gave it... Like, the only gene that mutated was the one for male pattern baldness, and it just all fell out at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh... Let's see. Uh... That's so, the real reason that he's going to stay behind and die. He doesn't want to go back to a world where he has no hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Dalsum and Blanca decide they're going to stay here, and, uh, uh, Guile... It, the base explodes, and everyone's sad because Guile didn't make it. I It's... Guile died! No! Oh, no! no! The best literal Jesus, Guile! We we can't do this. I can't believe Guile. <laughs> the, 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 all that is good in the world is dead because Guile is dead. Oh, but no, he's he's emerging heroically from the smoke. Woo! Yeah. Yay. Uh, yeah. Um, we do get a good bit where where like uh, DJ and Sagat are off some of like Earth's downriver somewhere, and they open up the treasure chest, and it's full of bison dollars. <laughs> and uh uh Guile said Guile says like they're all everyone's to get everyone else is together. They're, they're ready for buddy, yeah. the final shot. Um uh Guile agrees to interview Chun Li, but Chun Li doesn't care. She wasn't actually trying to get an interview. Uh mm-hmm. he offers to he suggests Ryu and Ken enlist uh, and they're like, fuck no, 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 yeah. god no. Are you yeah. crazy? We're martial artists, dude. We're like mm-hmm. martial artists and con men. We don't fucking... We don't not... shoot people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... They do They do say that they're going to stay in Shadowloo City to help rebuild, because maybe it could use a couple of hustlers. And the only way this ends is that, like, in five years, they've instituted themselves as dictators. Yeah, yeah. But but it's okay because they're AN aligned and their title is co-president, so mm-hmm. it's fine actually. Yeah. Uh, and we end with more explosions of the Shadowloo base, and everyone does a big group pose. The end. Yep. Uh. Uh, I I do one last thing to note is like the credits are. Some of the songs in the credits are really good. They're not in the movie, they're, but they are good. Uh, but they do have, like, these little interstitial bits where, like, a radio announcer is, like, switching tracks and making bad jokes, and that lessens it a bit. 
Uh, so, yeah, that's Street Fighter the movie. Uh, what ratings do you want to give this one? I think for faithfulness as an adaptation, uh, I'm going to give this one out of five of the little emblems that show up when you win a round in a fighting mm -hmm. game. Yeah. Uh, and for quality as a movie, I'm going to give this 200 out of a possible 500 bison dollars. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm about the same, yeah. Uh, one out of five adaptation, two out of five film. The only reason I'm giving it two out of five is because there were good parts, but mm. it's all brought down by this main character that just completely fucking sucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, like, as far as adapting Street Fighter goes, I don't... Like, I, there's not a whole lot similar. Like, the way it feels like to me is, like... I mean, this would have been in 94. There wasn't... It's not like there were loads and loads of, like, pre-existing Street Fighter material establishing lore. What it feels like to me is, like, the the guy who directed and wrote it just, like, played the game a bunch and made up personalities based on, like, the designs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then worked in his own stuff from there. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's about it. Um, let's see if we have any questions. Uh, if you want to send in a question, you can either send it in to our Twitter, at VGTMTP, or you can send it in on our Discord, which can be found there. Uh, sending it in. You, uh, so, um... Ugh, tongue stuck. Uh, mailbag. Uh, I also need to check general because I think I might have, uh... Yeah, we got some questions over there, too. Uh, because I posted the, uh, ask post in the general Discord. So, let's start with Twitter questions. Uh, Alrighty. In your opinion, uh, small funny hedgehog emoji ACAB at revengehog asks, In your opinion... Should Street Fighter the movie the game be at Evo? Uh mm, I don't know. I don't know enough about Evo, but if Melty Plug gets played in a bathroom, then Street Fighter the movie the game should be played in like I don't know, like a like maintenance the alleyway hallway. across the street. Yeah. Yeah, it's Yeah. Uh, Just hook it up to a car battery. Mm-hmm. Uh Sky at Genuine No Prize asks, fighting games are kind of inherently ensemble casts, so how would you go about picking out a main character? And I did think about this this whole thing. I have, like, I have been thinking about my ideal Street Fighter movie treatment for like five years. Mm -hmm. It's just something I think about sometimes. Cool. And I, I cannot go too deep into it, because if I do, this will become like two hours long. Right. But... Right. I think the main thing is you have to embrace that it's an ensemble cast to some extent. I mm -hmm. don't think you can get away with just having one main character. Certainly it should not be Guile. But, mm -hmm. like, I, I think the important thing to realize about characters 
in Street Fighter 2 especially, is that there is a very clear, like, uniting theme, mm-hmm. which is revenge. Like, Chun-Li wants revenge on Bison, Guile wants revenge on Bison, Sagat wants revenge on Ryu for, like, fucking up his chest and eye. Uh, like, I think if you dial in on that and sort of, like, have have one plot line that mostly follows Ryu and Ken, have one plot line that mostly file, follows Chun-Li and Guile, and, um... Oh, uh, there was a third one... Yeah, and then just have one plot line that specifically fi- follows Sagat. He would still be on Bison's side in this, since I'm assuming we're basically adapting Street mm-hmm. Fighter 2. Right. Um, I think by doing that, you can sort of get a decent breadth of things going on while it's all still connected together, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I was, like, thinking uh, less less elaborately, uh, but, like... If I wanted to make a different main character for this movie, I would make it Chun-Li. Mm-hmm. Like, her whole thing is way more compelling. It's way more interesting than Guile. Uh, I'd rather have the smart. whole Shadaloo and conflict be more like this background thing that's ongoing. And, like, they're more side characters than main mm-hmm. characters. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Um... Oh, how much in bison dollars? At how much HMI bison dollars asks? Do you think bison dollars will ever be ex- a globally accepted currency? I mean, you just gotta rebrand them as crypto, don't you? Yeah. Here's what I'm. If if M Bison wanted to uh, make it in a post crypto world, he would make it like like he would say it's crypto, but in reality, he's just like printing out loads and loads of paper bills. Mm-hmm. Like. You get a whole bunch. You log on to the site. You get a bunch of information, uh, but it's not actual information. People are just thinking it's worth more, which you know some currencies basically do that already. Uh, so uh, let's move on to Discord. Um, we've got quite a few questions, all from uh, some of the same folks. Uh, so I'll just try to pick what are most interesting. And just the widest breadth of ho- of question askers. Uh, let's see. Dark Wizard James Mason asks, Ever had someone treat a serious trauma that happened to you that they caused like it was just another Tuesday to them? Yeah, uh, I have a dad. Yeah, I have... I've uh, worked with uh, SSI uh, and cops and uh, mental health professionals and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of something that people do all the fucking time, huh? Yeah. I guess it's another Tuesday is, uh, in, a, in a nutshell, a a statement about, like, how those in power are unaffected by the pain they deal to those they deal the worst to. You know, mm-hmm. systems and all that. Uh, Sidmon asks, How would Gomez Adams be as a street fighter? Hmm... Uh, I'm. A- a, he seems more like a lover than a fighter to me. True, true. I feel. I feel like if anyone were going to like get into street fighting, it would be Wednesday, like mm-hmm. in ten years when she's a cool adult. Yeah, yeah. She's 
I I'm I guess she would just like stab people, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, she would do weird horror shit, but like she I'm just thinking of like how how like a couple Mugen fighters out there are like designed to be like weird creepy pasta fighters and like they'll do like weird stuff that affect that makes like the game look damaged, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh let's see uh See, I'll skip this one. Uh, that's a that's not a question. Um, okay. Uh, Darkblade they them asks, if you were making a Street Fighter movie, who would be the main character? Oh wait, we I asked mean, that, that already. I, yeah, Fuck. We, that's kind of uh, yeah. We went over we that already. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Casey Cosmos asks. Any joke slash moment from the works of infamous movie talker about her, Douglas Water that you, Douglas Walker that you think about from time to time. Uh, shit. Um, I do I do think about timing. Like he did not invent that joke, but mm-hmm. it does live in my head. Right. Um. Shit. This. This. There was. This you know use- what else? Yeah. You, no. You know what? Mm-hmm. I will always remember. God help me. Is mm-hmm. in his review of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Junior, a movie right. where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant due to science. Mm-hmm. There is an extended dream sequence, which, if I understand correctly, is sort of a pastiche from something in Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, just this musical number about how boring the movie he's watching is. And I remember this for two reasons. One is that I watched that video more times than I'm willing to admit. Right. And, like, the song was catchy enough that it has stuck in my head. And right. two... I'm remembering this bit now. That was a terrifying premonition of his <laughs> full-length The Wall pastiche. Yeah. Yeah. Which, if, if all, we could have stopped him, you know? We mm-hmm. could have stopped him. Let's see. When I think about nostalgic critic gags, there are ones that I remember more, more, so ones I remember less, but I will always remember the sped up gif of him running back and forth, pointing at his computer in shock and anger and frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, him having the toy gun. I remember that too. Uh, let's see. Um, you know what? We'll answer this one last question from Casey. Uh, just what video game movie would you want to see a tie-in video game for? Oh, wait, I misread this question. This is a good one. Yeah, uh, what video game movie? Well, hmm. Well, the obvious one is the Super Mario Brothers movie. Like, Mm -hmm. I, like, I imagine some sort of weird, like, stealth game. Or with like fighting bits, or hmm, or possible. Let's see, the least imaginative but way I can imagine is like just some sort of like open world game, but not like not like sprawling, but like sort of a Yakuza style, small but densely packed map. That's just like the huge set from uh, from uh, that movie, mm. uh, or maybe yeah, yeah. I think I think the Tomb Raider games obviously 
have been pushing to be a bit more serious. And I think people have criticized them because at times that can feel a bit trauma porny. But right. I, I respect that the creators are attempting to handle things with a bit more real pathos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I would want to see an adaptation of one of the Angelina Jolie Tomb oh. Raider And I think, given her own real-life struggles, I think she would do a wonderful portrayal of a Lara Croft struggling with breast cancer. <sighs> Imagine the drama Imagine. Oh, of a vulnerable man. Lara Croft. <laughs> yeah. Uh, br- bringing it full circle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, front-loaded anvils. Um. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if any anybody who has listened to this, anybody who listens to this episode and has not seen that video is going to think we're fucking insane. Hmm. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think those people exist, so we're fine. Mm-hmm. A- um. And I already talked about the guy who made it, so. They can just look up that name and figure it out from there. Uh, so, uh, that wraps up our questions. So, I guess it's time to pick next month's movie. Uh, hmm. Let me leave it to you this time, because yeah, I, yeah. I have no strong preference this time around. Yeah, I've got two in mind. Uh, so, I have been thinking about Pokemon the first movie... But I also want to establish that if we do it, I don't think we have to commit to every single one in sequential order. Like, I think we can pick and choose. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm down with that. Actually, if I can pick and choose, I'm going to pick and choose my favorite of the bunch, which is Lucario and the Mystery of Mew. Okay, Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love that one. I've got a real soft spot for it. So that's what we'll do next month. Uh, let's see, what, that's about it. We've gone over everything, so, let's do our plugs. Uh, Maxi, where can we find you? You can find me at Max Knightley on Twitter and Tumblr. That's M-A-X-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. And I am also on the podcast Eidolon Playtest. That is an TTRPG actual play podcast. Uh, drawing a lot of inspiration from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Persona. Uh, we're currently wrapping up the first Season 2 arc in Rock, so I'm very excited to see how that goes. Uh, strongly recommend you give it a shot. People have given the given the show a lot of compliments. I also do the soundtrack for it. People seem to like that a lot as well. Uh, and I think it is a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, go listen to Eidolon. It's really good. Like, I've, I'm not fully caught up, but what I've heard is incredible. Uh, your performance as Harvey D. Godlove is incredible. I hope whenever I get to the character who replaces Harvey, whenever I get to that point, I, I'm excited to hear about them. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's, it's a good podcast. Go listen. Um, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places. And you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash big underscore challenges. Uh, from there, you can find my Twitter, at biggerchallenge. You can find the podcasts I do, which include Pod of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh, it's 
We are making our way through the second season of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Uh, we actually, uh, by the time you listen to this, uh, you'll, you should be able to hear the episode that, uh, another Eidolon, uh, host, uh, Luke was on. And also, recently there's been another Eidolon host on it, uh, Fabi. Uh, Fabi's a blast. Yeah, Fabi's amazing. Uh, you can listen to... Uh, The Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic lore podcast. Uh, we, uh, we finally finished talking about Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric. Uh, that, that, uh, that dice will do some delays to you. Um, we also recently start, did an episode on, like, Tales of Story. And also, uh, we're gonna start doing, uh, episodes based on fan content, like, once a month. Uh, this month is going to be about Nazo Unleashed, an incredible fan animation. Uh, you can listen to Stranger's Fiction, an actual play podcast focused on one-shots. We are in the uh, process of uploading our uh, interstitial actual play. Uh, by, by the end of the month, we'll be on episode 9 of 10. So, and then we'll be on, from what I understand, we might be on hiatus for a while. Uh, and last but not least, you can visit at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. And you know what? For Ju- the one on bench for July, uh, happy non-binaries people's day, ep- Xbox. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, uh, we are done. This ain't no game. Uh, goodbye.